Blog Talk Radio. Carol the Coach. Sex, love, and relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach. Compassion with contemporary relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just for me has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available to at carolthecoach.com. Now, I've got Russell on the line. I'm 47 years old. I'm a truck driver. I am married. I have a wife in San Francisco. Okay. I haven't been home in six months. My thing is, I, I don't know if I have a sex addiction or what the problem is. Why do I want what I can't have? And as soon as I can have it, I don't want it anymore. You're right on target when you say, I don't know if I have a sexual addiction. Well, guess what? Yes, you do. And you know what? That's my specialty, Russell. So you're at the right place. Continue. I meet women online and, and I'm in a different part of the country. I, I travel all 48 states, so I love sex. I hear self-esteem issues. You never felt good enough and you didn't feel like you were getting what you should have then. And you're re- enacting that now. Do you want to change that about yourself? I got an interesting I got an interesting email from someone who said, hey, your show is replaying again. Who the heck knows why that did that? I know that Boy, a couple of weeks ago, we couldn't even get on the air. And I've been with Blog Talk since 2007 and have only had that problem one other time. And now, as I look at my screen and I'm checking out my long intro, I realize that it wasn't even officially on. That's why I hit it to stop it, even though it looked like I would start it, and actually, I did start it. Technology is great when it works, and when it doesn't, hey, we just make the best of it. Hi, I'm Carol Jurgensen-Sheep. I am so happy to be with you today. Hope you had a wonderful Labor Day if you're in the United States, and got to really chill with some family or friends. There's so many ways to be a part of this great country and certainly be a part of community. You know, I heard an interesting statistic about loneliness. And the the statistic said that people that smoke cigarettes were healthier than people that isolated themselves. And that people who isolated themselves in actuality were more likely to lose 16 years of their life. That's right, 16 years of their life because of the loneliness factor. Well, I would have thought it would have been at least that for cigarettes, but I guess not. This was a researcher, and I'll get his name and share that with you. I just thought that was really interesting. 
You know, I know loneliness is really a big part of sex addiction. I mean, it is very hard for you to um, have an addiction and not isolate yourself. That's part of the addiction. And so what I hope is that you are working hard at developing community because when you develop community, you're much more likely to have people you can go to when things aren't going so well. And and that is in itself a pretty tough situation. I mean, let's just say you're an addict and you've been discovered at work for having sex addiction or porn addiction and you've been threatened to lose your job. What do you do? Well, you call your sponsor or you call fellowship and you get some help and you say, I'm scared and I screwed up and I'm not sure what to do. I just need somebody to listen. That's what you do if you're a sex addict. What do you do if you screw up with your spouse? Let's say he or she walks into the bedroom and you're masturbating, and you have a no masturbation um, rule. Well, obviously, that's a huge, huge error and a lapse in judgment, and you're not practicing recovery the way you should. And yet I do know with addiction that can sometimes happen. So what do you do? Again, you call your sponsor. You call your mentor. You call your accountability buddy, and you admit, I screwed up royally. Why do you do that? Because you want to get that secret out. You want to be able to talk to somebody about the fact that you you were working some poor recovery. You're not a bad person, but you're not making good choices, and that means you've got to strengthen that recovery. Today I'm going to be interviewing two professionals who've developed a program that speaks to the emotions that drive unwanted sexual behavior. And they do that from um, a recovery standpoint and then a relational recovery standpoint. So I said, hey, guys, I want to have you on. And we're going to talk with them in just a few minutes. In the meantime, calling all professionals. If you're a professional and you haven't taken that all-important early recovery couples empathy model training, IRCAM, okay, come on. I want you to do that. You need to be informed. It's the most important thing you can do. Why do I say it's so important? Because you got to teach your couples how to have empathy before they can really heal, right? That's what you got to do. So I hope that you'll join me. September 26th through the 29th so that we can teach you the important skills so that you can help your couples. And they they invariably will heal together. Super important. This training is amazing. Speaking of training, I have a very important Help Them Heal workshop for professionals to teach you how to do the book, Help Them Heal. And for you couples, on October 13th, I'm going to be holding on Friday 
from 9 to 4 p.m. Central Time, helping you heal the Irkham Way workshop, giving you some real exposure to this work and to the ways that you can help each other heal. Just in the same way as on October 6th, I'm going to be teaching professionals how to do uh, the Help Them Heal model. I want to help you get started on this work. So that's what I'm here to tell you. We got a busy October. I got a new Helper Heal group. I'm accepting application. That starts October 3rd from uh, 12 to 1.30 Eastern time for 12 weeks. And then I got a woman's group that starts October 5th, a partner's group who have experienced sexual betrayal that I want to teach them the all-important way to post-traumatic growth. So if you're interested in those groups, go to my website, sexhelpwithcarolthecoach.com, and um, sign up. Groups or email me at carolcarolthecoach.com, and I will get you signed up. Because truly, we just talked about how important it is to get out of isolation. And one of the best ways you can do that is by attending a group that's going to have helpful skills to help you heal. And that's why uh, we offer so many services to you. I sure do hope that you have met with an IRCM specialist to find out about this early recovery couples empathy model. I would tell you whenever you're looking for a good training module or modality or workshop, or system, you look for people that are going to teach you both sobriety on an individual um, perspective and then relational recovery. And that's why I have Anthony B. Walker and Luke Gordon on today. They're going to be talking about a brand new program that they just founded. And I do believe it's called Choose Recovery Services, but we'll check that out. I know very specifically it's called Choose 180. And so I want to say to both of you, welcome to Sex Help with Carol the Coach, and I am so excited about your program. I hope you're unmuted and ready to go. Okay. I think I'm, I think I'm unmuted, but sometimes people tell me that I'm not, but I'm not. You've got so. a strong voice. You are unmuted. Good job. <laughs> We're good to go. Yeah, you know, you guys sent um, to our listserv some information about your program you were starting, and I said, oh, my gosh, that sounds incredible. Got to get you on the podcast. Got to help people hear about this programming because, you know, there's good programming out there, but there's great programming out there. And when I saw your program, I said, this is great stuff. Um, Luke, do you want to tell me a little bit about uh, Choose 180 and just Choose Recovery Services in general? Sure. And jumping in, Anthony, if I miss anything that you feel like I should be touching on. Uh, so Choose Recovery Services is an organization that is um, basically a, a group of professionals that have gone through the fire uh, addiction, uh, betrayal trauma, uh, and have now are on the other side, whatever we want to call the other side, that want to help and support. So they're certified. Some are therapists, some of them are coaches, 
And we just want to create a safe landing space so people go like, oh, if you're a choose recovery service, that means you've been through this stuff. That means you know what it looks like. That means you know how hard it hurts. So what 180 is inside of choose is um, a group that's made for men that are technically have arrested their addiction with sexual misbehavior mm -hmm. <laughs> and are now in this place where they realize being porn-free or sexual misbehavior-free hasn't solved all their problems. You know, their, their wife's still in a lot of pain, and they're trying to learn how to value emotions, um, you know, learning how to emotion regulate, become emotionally aware, be emotionally responsive to other people. And it's pretty fun work. I mean, Anthony and I both run groups, and, and they're, the men that show up here, they're, they're inspiring. Um, they're still broken like we are. Um, but they're they're inspiring, willing to show up. And I have to say, Carol listens to you much. So um, my Alana is one of the founders of our organization. She's she's on the board, and it's so fun because one of the things that she constantly we're focused on is being partner sensitive. Um, and that's really really important to us. Is that you know the type of groups we run always focus on not focus are always aware of what their partners. Having a on their side of the journey. So, well, Anthony, I, what First of all, I want to say that's what I believe makes your program great, that because okay. you are partner sensitive, and you're helping men with emotions. And men have not been encouraged in this society to really get to know their emotions and to see how their emotions drive so much of their behavior. So, kudos to both of you. Now, Dr. Anthony, I'm I'm wondering. Is it difficult to get these guys to be able to identify emotions in general, let alone see the link between their emotions and their behaviors, both the healthy and the maladaptive behaviors? Great question. Absolutely. Uh, like you mentioned, our society doesn't do men any favors mm -hmm. in learning how to identify and value emotions. And so often, we have anger and aggression, and that's, that's kind of what, what we use. And then we get in relationships and get in as parents, and, like, and that, that doesn't work. We have to start from the beginning. And so we literally have a version of a feelings wheel, right? And we say, okay, let's look at that and let's start there and check in. How are you feeling individually? How are you feeling uh, relationally? And a lot of guys struggle with that to start. And so it's helpful in the group context to have other guys that have been there a little bit longer say, okay, they can model that really well. And it's helpful to, uh, to give them a space to, to be vulnerable and to say, it's okay to cry. Like, it's okay to, to be connected and to share that with someone else. Like, that's, that's so difficult to do. Uh, so, group, so 180 provides an opportunity to practice that. And then with that safe space, be able to apply that to other relationships. Well, and you know, there's no doubt that men have not been brought up like that, although I think we are changing that in today's generation. I certainly see much healthier parenting and men helping their sons and daughters to show their emotions, to express them, to, to, to identify where they come from, what's going on for you today. So the good news is it's changing. But for this generation and the generations before them, it really ha there's been an absenteeism. And 
I'm going to ask you guys a question that I ask other um, guests on the podcast. I'll start with Luke. Luke, do you think that men, um, they had emotions and their addiction robbed them from being able to understand their emotionality and almost kept them void from their emotions? Or do you think they never had them and that made them more susceptible to sexual compulsive behavior and addiction? That's a great question. Uh, what my experience is, is yeah, as, as little tiny people that came into this world, we had emotions, right? We, we experienced emotions. In fact, we communicated with emotions. Mm-hmm. And what happened is somewhere along that journey, we learned that emotions weren't acceptable or to, weren't, um, weren't valued. And in fact, maybe if we shared emotions, certain emotions that uh, we were scared of what rejection, what rejection would happen or whatever it might be. You know, so that that journey of how all of a sudden we recognize that emotions shouldn't be shared, I shouldn't be sharing that part of me, I think it's different for every single one of us. I know for me it was very much in my family of origin. Um, but uh, there were some emotions were valued. Um, yeah, so I don't know if I'm answering your question, but that's, that's the way I see it. Yeah, you didn't answer it exactly, but you certainly reminded us that we were all born with emotions, and that's how we communicated. And somehow, some way, that was thwarted or discouraged along the journey. Dr. Anthony, what do you think? Uh, well, in line with uh, what Luke was saying, I think we all, most of us, the vast majority, start with the full range of emotions, and at some point. We learn that they're not valued, but we also, uh, as, as boys, aren't taught how to regulate that. And so uh, what can happen is we can run into situations that are very stressful and feel this overwhelm and not know what to do with it and find a way to try and escape from it. And often the ways that we try to escape from it are maladaptive. They're, they're not. I mean, they help us in the short term, but in the long term, they, they can cause some, some real problems. So those are some things that we need to learn adaptive behaviors that are, that are positive and learn how to recognize and sit with our emotions. And then what are some positive things we can do, helpful things, strategies to address the, the strong emotions that we feel. Yeah. So obviously, I would think that men in general would intuitively know that they'd want your group. They'd want Choose 180, somewhat fearful of it, like they're entering new territory. Um, how, do you, how do you get your referrals, and what do you tell the men as they're beginning uh, Choose 180? Luke? I saw him smile. I know, I know, and it's so painful what the answer is often. Uh, a lot of the men come because their wives are in pain, and then their wives are out there looking for answers, and the husbands go along and they say, all right, well, you know, I'm in trouble, so whatever I need to do. And so they come along, and uh, some of them are begrudging. You know, some are like, hey, I made a mess. I'll do whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how they come, a lot of them, not all of them. And then somewhere along the journey, they recognize, like, wow, even though I did um, cause a lot of damage, there's some useful stuff in here for me, too. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's how 
Well, see, and I love that. You know, one of the things about IRCAM, the Early Recovery Couples Empathy Model, that I certify coaches and therapists for, I tell them that because I was the only CSAT certified sex addiction therapist, I was the only CSAT in Indianapolis for over 10 years. And when I got the call for a man's sex addiction, it was the wife. And she was checking me out and she was making sure it looked like I was the best choice because I had my certification, but she made the call. And I very quickly learned clinically you are never to make an appointment for somebody other than with the patient. But I violated all rules. (laughs) I said, you know what? I'll be happy to make that appointment for your husband. And if you have any questions, feel free to come in, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized I was violating my second rule because I decided really they needed to come in together for their couple's work. And Mm -hmm. at least I needed to know she was resourced and she had information and tools. And back in 2007, partners didn't really have that. Now, I love the fact that you said, it's word of mouth. They hear that you got a good program. It's partner sensitive. You're both ASAP candidates, which I am thrilled about. Luke, you're an IPECer. Uh, that's what, when you belong to IPEC, it's a coaching group. And I think it's one of the finest in the world. I know I'm biased, but they are very emotional based um, coaching. So I yeah. love that. And, and so I'm glad to hear that. You take the referral, even though you would have loved for it to come from him on his own, women are much more likely to do the research and find the excellent programming. So yay to you guys for kind of of grinning when I asked that question and, and really helping them through the process of joining the group. What can the guys, Dr. Anthony, what can they expect? when they come to 180? Is it a time-limited group or is it ongoing? That's a a great question. So it does have a specific content we cover, um, but men can start at any point. It's it's rolling enrollment. Okay. uh, So you don't have to wait like 12 weeks or whatever to get in. Uh, We have certain content that we cover and then we rotate back through. And so, and what I, what I find and see is even when we have men that have been through the content for the first time, uh-huh. they still are picking up new things. They're still getting new awareness, better application of skills that we've gone over before. And so yeah, you can stay as long as you are finding value in the program. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's all about where you're at and, and your progress. And, you know, we help evaluate that. But, it's, it's, yeah, it's up to the, the participant for sure. Well, I love that you offer that option because I was just saying I had my last 12-week helper heal group on the 12th session. That's the end. And then I pick up new people, all new people. But I have at least one, if not two men that say, can I go through it again? And I applaud them because I feel we all need repetition, and especially if it's new stuff. So I can imagine just like 12-step work, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it, and going through it a second time opens up the door for new concepts that they weren't, they weren't quite sure about because they were trying to get it all the first time, right? Yeah. I know me. I'm like on the fifth time, and then I'm learning something. Right? It takes me a little while to have to repeat things. 
Oh, and that's the truth, especially when a lot of these guys are in crisis. Um, you know, discovery has just occurred, and maybe for the second or the third time, and and they recognize the pain they're causing. They want to stop the behavior, but they really aren't sure how to do it. And then their wife says, go to this group. Now, that leads me to an important question. Do you take men that have a certain amount of recovery, or do you take them any way you can get them? That's a good question. And Kim, do you want me to tackle it or would you like to? Yeah, go for it, Luke. Um, yeah, so there's an intake process. So what we'll do is a man will come and they'll say, hey, I, I noticed, I heard about your 180 group or your 90 group. You know, the 90 is the sobriety part of the journey. And then what we'll do is we'll ask him a bunch of questions. We'll go through it and seek to understand what he's looking for. And then he'll be placed into a group accordingly. Um, men that are currently um, losing, uh, excuse me, acting outside their values, they're going to be in the sobriety part of their journey. So we'll funnel them depending on where they need to be, but they'll understand why at the end of the day. And so what do you do if they come with different values? You know, we've got certainly some men that think that they can create their own program, and so masturbation is a part of it. And then you've got other men that say, no way, there's no way you can be a sex addict and be able to participate in masturbation without fantasy. What do you do with those different values? Because I'm not saying that either one of them are wrong. I personally am against one of them, but I've been taught to be um, masturbation neutral. Don't advocate for that now, but I have been taught that way. So what do you do? Uh, That is so good. That's so good. Anthony, I'd love to know what you say about this one. The the part about the – go ahead, Anthony. Throw it to Anthony. Anthony? I know. That's a too tough question. Let's go to Anthony on that one. (laughs) Right, sounds good. Uh, so, uh, in my experience, we we take a little bit from the, the SA circles, and they it, they decide what their values are. And so, if it's if the unacceptable behavior uh, is masturbation, they decide whether that goes in the middle circle or whether that goes on an outer circle. And that's that is up to them. And it's also important negotiation with their their partner, mm-hmm. because if they're trying to make things work with their partner and they have a bunch of things that they think are acceptable and their partner doesn't, that's going to cause some, some additional problems in the relationship. But ultimately, it's, it's within their value system. They're deciding uh, how they want to live uh, in, in their lives. Yeah, I want to highlight on that part. I love the fact that you said negotiation piece, which is we have to understand uh, what level of hiding and secrecy existed and then to be able to be transparent about that behavior with our significant other. So a lot of the battle for most of the battle for many of these men is that the hiding it was done in secret, it was done in hiding. So can we we get we get aligned in the values in the ninety program and then the one eighty is more managing the emotions around sharing things with my partner, being more aware of those things. And it's already something that's been addressed. So and it's really what they see as destructive and secrecy in their relationship. And like you said, Anthony, secrecy um, circles are built around us. Yeah, and that's a good way to put it because clearly I feel like compromise and negotiation is one of the most important skills in any marriage, not sex addiction, but any marriage. And that compromise and negotiation doesn't mean you hide from your spouse 
or you lie to your spouse, you discuss what's important for you in, in your relationship. So what I hear you two saying is, is it congruent with their values individually and as a couple? Yeah. And you'll take anything that feels congruent, but you'll really help to explore that both in the 90 and then, of course, the 180, because there still may be some strong emotions either way around masturbation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now, does it ever happen that somebody wants to join the group and the spouse doesn't want that to happen? And we just talked about the inverse, which obviously is the spouse refers them to the program. Does it ever happen the other way? I haven't experienced a lot of it, if any. You know, usually these, usually the person that's been hurt is like, I don't want to be here anymore, and behavior needs to change to do things differently out of the past, and this is one of the things. Not saying it couldn't happen. The only thing I have experienced, which is, what are you going to make public, right? And confidentiality is absolutely imperative to the work that we do. So, you know, we're going to take care of people that way. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about the programming. Obviously, that first round of 180 is approximately how many weeks? First round of 90 or 180? I was going to ask 180, the relational part first, the emotional part. Yeah, the first round. <laughs> okay, sorry, I don't mean to smile with every question that you ask, Carol. Okay. Depends on the group, right? I know, right? Mm-hmm. We have these men in the group, and what's, what's so exciting about it, as soon as they start to feel safe, like, oh, my goodness, these guys are going to do the same stuff I am, we don't take the topic. We don't take the topic too fast. We don't have an agenda with how fast we go through it. And we will slow it down and we'll say, and guys will jump in and say, hey, what about this? What about that? So it might take four weeks to cover a topic. I mean, have, you, have you seen that, Anthony? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're very process-focused. And, yeah, so so we have – 11, 12, you know, content areas, lessons, if you will, that we can cover. And we're adding to that as we get more training. But, yeah, we move as quickly as the group wants to move and not like, okay, we have to get through this content. Um, It's very process-focused. Okay. So if I am a recovering addict and I've gone through the 90 and now I'm in 180, give me a couple of topics that I might hope to cover out of the 11 or 12 that you have? Okay. Um, Anthony, let's tag team this one. Something about the one we did today was reflective slash active listening. So basically, I think control, seeking to understand, good follow-up questions, restating, like hearing your partner, not running to if there's a winner or a loser here. That's one of them. Okay, Anthony, you want to tag team? <laughs> tag team. So, yeah, also understanding your own attachment style and how that impacts how you show up in your relationships. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I reviewed my Help or Heal group, and I said, guys, if there are four things you leave this course with in Help or Heal, the first one is more important than AVR, which is what I get all the credit for, the empathy statement, right, yeah. is Good. more important than that is reflective listening. Because as you said, Luke, it I forget how you said it, and you didn't say what I said, but it really validates the partner's experience. Really, that to reflectively listen and repeat back, wow, that is very validating, and it really is a major form of empathy, even though it's not considered that. It's considered a relational skill. 
the second thing I said was that if, if men can acknowledge the pain, any opportunity they get, and that would be, you know, I know I caused that pain. I know my past did. I know my addiction did. I don't want you to think I forgot. That doesn't activate her. That brings down the reactivity, and that is so very powerful. Yes. The third thing I said was about shame resiliency. Guys have to know how to protect themselves. So when their spouse is furious that they've had uh, a nocturnal dream, they cannot go into shame but listen to her, repeat back what she says, and try to explain that they have no control over that, you know. And then the last thing that I think is so very important um, is feeling identification, and that's what you guys are all about, helping them connect the emotions. Now, if I were going to ask you... Hey, can I jump in a little more, Karen, real quick? Please. Okay, so there's this other one that is so fun to talk about with men. We actually get to talk about sex. Men get the chance to talk about physical intimacy in ways that they have never experienced before, and we get to normalize it. So we have the levels of intimacy we'll go through, you know, and, you know, we'll, and we'll go like, and then the best part is we'll talk about how do you feel loved. Like, and a lot of them go like, and the way they feel love is physical touch, right? And we, we're not going through the five love languages, but what we're recognizing, giving value to them is, I want connection, I just don't know how to get it. And there are levels of connection. So I wanted to highlight that that one, that you get men talking about the stuff and all of a sudden they feel safe. It's some of the best conversations ever. Mm-hmm. And when you look at those levels, are you referencing, I heard you say not the five love languages exactly, but are you saying, you know, the emotional intimacy versus the physical intimacy versus the, the social intimacy, the intellectual intimacy? What kind of yeah. levels of intimacy are we talking Thank you. That's what we're talking about. We tied a few things together, but that's what we're talking about. The physical, the emotional, the psychological, you know, all those things. What does safety actually exist with before any of those things can, can happen? You know, even we talk a little bit about the fact of Maslow's hierarchy of human needs, that safety has to exist in general. And if other needs aren't being met, your, your spouse will not be able to connect to you. So it's that culminating conversation to their objective, which is, Patrick Carnes, like, you know, sex is my most important need. It's my important, most important need because I need love and belonging. Well, there's other ways to feel love and belonging outside of physical touch. So that's the stuff we're addressing. Penny, would you add anything to that? Well, uh, talking about connected to that, the idea that, uh, and this is shocking, right, that I won't die without sex. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And that, that's, like, that is mind-blowing because with the, the – addict behavior, it builds it up to be such a, feel like such a huge need, and when you take the power out of it, uh, it, it helps open up a whole new world for feeling and connection and understanding that this wasn't just an all or nothing. You know, I've got a man who um, does, does a 15-minute video for me, and it's on how you can live without sex, and he is so partner sensitive and his wife has been so traumatized that he says, you know, I did this to her for 30 years. The least I can do is go a few years without sex while she continues to build that safety. And I mean, that is emotional maturity at its best, right? Mm-hmm. 
And we don't wish that for anybody, but it's what you have to do to live without sex for a while until the relationship stabilizes. It's not going to kill you. It's not, it's not what we want for anybody, but it's not like you're depriving them of air. You know, something they have to have. So I get that. Now, how can men sign up for your groups? The 90 is about individual sobriety recovery, right? And you go over the tools and the techniques to get to that place? Yeah. Yeah, we talk about tools. That's what it's about is tools and understanding, understanding how to use the tools. Yeah, and that's what I find. I find that men do really well when they have the tools. And if they don't do well, that means add more tools or tighten them up, you know. And how can they do that with accountability? And it sounds like your group is part of that. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of accountability and and what we try to create is a shame, not a shameful environment with the accountability. Well, I can hear that. And this is an online group, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so they can sign up all over the world. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Anthony, you just opened your new one. Uh, what, what night was that? Yeah, so so Thursday, I built a, a new section of Choose 90 and uh, Choose 180 um, on Thursday evening. Yeah. Wow. So we just so they can go to the ChooseRecoveryServices.com website and they'll be able to find men's programs in 180. And then Anthony opened that new group. For our listening audience, again, that is www.chooserecoveryservices.com. And the phone number is 702-277-9145. And the two programs are Choose 90 and Choose 180. I'm sure they can go to your website. Now, let me ask you something else because I'm trying to understand. I've been around for a long time, and I want to know my services. Both of you work for a coaching and clinician center, right? I mean, I don't know if it's a physical center or you all make up the center. center. It's both. And you've got men and women who work for you, with you, right? That's the best way to put it. Then I said for, I'm like, not for. Even if it was for, it's not for, it's with. We work together. Yes, absolutely. And then what is the name of that center? Is that Choose Recovery? Choose Recovery Services, yeah. Okay. And how I I was amazed the last time I looked because I have two um, female coaches who I just admire so much. And, of course, I admire Alana, your lovely wife. And it's your profiles, and I said, they've got some of the best people, at least in the United States. Um, how many clinicians and coaches do you have at the at Choose Recovery Services? Uh, 16. 16 is how many we have. Yeah. And all that have all, and I'm, I'm biased. Okay? I'm biased. Mm-hmm. Um, all that have been through the fire. So every single one of the people that have been, have been through the fire, have been through the journey, have been trained. Um, through really, really solid trains like APSAPs and other models that, 
it can be used for a lot of people. So. So when you say they've all been through the fire, does that mean they're either all recovering addicts and or all recovering partners? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So they've gotten the post-traumatic growth and they've gotten educated with one of the finest services that I know of, organizations, and that's APSAT, because it has that partner sensitivity. And you both are candidates. You took the training one. So I'm a trainee, just, you know, I'm, I'm newer, but looking to get trained further. Okay. Yeah. Now, I don't get what that means, because I changed that. Have you gone to the training? Yes, yes. Then you're, yes. A can- oh, you're only a candidate if you get certified. Is that the deal? I'm new. I'm still figuring out, but I've asked a lot. I took my training in January. You took it in January. Fantastic. And when yeah, mine was this summer, so. Okay. Well, I, I, yeah, I get that you maybe aren't candidates until you get certified. The training is phenomenal. Absolutely. And Amazing. I'm going to put some pressure on you. You know, I was on the board, too, and I was one of the faculty. you got to get the certification. Because uh-huh. guess who one of those supervisors are? Yes. And that's, and that's what we want. That's the difference. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pointing to myself. I'm encouraging them to come along because. Um, well, and here's one of the plans. We call them the pillars of our pillars of our organization, Choose Recovery Services. Our coaches and our coaches and therapists will never stop growing. There is no just like our just like our clients. There's no there's no um, there's no end. There's no like I've made it. I've arrived. Now I'm fine. Now I'm good. So we're always going to be learning, and we found outside to be a place that to fill the people that really know what they're talking about. So, mm-hmm. to yeah, they, they're really, they're really exemplary. And in addition to that, yeah, there are plenty of places to get training. And I, it looks like you, you both are getting additional training other places. I think you said that earlier when you said when it comes to emotionality and helping men with their emotions, you're willing to go wherever to get more training. That's the beautiful thing about our jobs, right? It never ends. We get smarter and smarter and smarter, and then we realize how much more we, we need. I know. As long as you learn, that's more and more of what you get. Yes, exactly. That's a beautiful thing. So how can they actually sign up? I mean, I know you said that they can go to www.chooserecoveryservices.com, but will there be something right there that says choose yeah, we want we want live people to be there. Because here's what I remember. I'm like, okay, I want help. I don't know where to get it. It's an overwhelming experience. So we have live people on the other end of the phone number on the other place to tap text. There's a chat box. Just go to the site. It will be very explanatory. Okay. You'll talk to a lot of people and they'll say, Let me help. So because really what we want to do is we want to take this overwhelming experience, which is my life just got flipped turned upside down. So like I was about to start to rap there the Fresh Prince and song. So anyway, my own life just turned upside down, and now I need to make sure that I, I don't know what to do next. Somebody that's been through this, somebody that's trained, helped me. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to be there waiting to talk to you. And the thing that I would invite people to do, especially the men, not so much the betrayed, I won't speak to that, speak to them, which is don't think you have to have everything mapped out. Just show up and talk to us about what you're experiencing. Um, that's the thing that a lot of men feel like they need to do is they need to know exactly what they're doing when they make that phone call. Really, for me, when the crap is a fan, I just needed to jump. 
like I just needed to jump into the cold water and stop thinking that I knew how, what the answers were for myself and just lean into somebody else. So that's what we're trying to create. So just call or text or hit the chat box. So you're that pillar or those pillars that people can lean on as they call and stay open to what is available to them. Yeah. Okay. And we're not the only ones to recognize that we have no problems at all referring out for work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Additional trauma work. You know, there's, there's a lot of different types of work that can be done outside of choose. We just want to be somewhere that's safe that you can start to explore that with. Mm-hmm. Although you, Luke, have brain spotting, um, mm-hmm. you have that credential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, you two are amazing and Obviously, Dr. Anthony, from your human development background, you know how important it is to help people in any which way learn how to grow and link their emotions. That's the most basic thing we can do. You're also a a light in this world because obviously you've been there, done that, and you're in post-traumatic growth and want to get back. You both are. So is there anything you can think of to say to our listening audience before we wrap it up? For the show. I have two things. Anthony, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, sure, I can go. Um, so there is hope. Like it can, it can be such a, a dark journey and easy to feel trapped and the things won't change and you've tried over and over again and, and it won't get any better. Uh, I've been there and so I can relate to that. But I also want to put out the message that, that there is hope, that there are skills, there are strategies, there, there are, there's, you, but you have to put together the right for you, for your recovery. So you have to often, I know for me it was I had to do group work and then some individual and uh, some, some other stuff to really, you know, a life coach was super influential for me in my journey. And so find what works for you, but if, if you're willing to step into vulnerability, and get the help that you need, and you can make the change. Makes sense. And Luke, your two things? I will. Yeah, thank you. I'll speak to the partners first, the people who have been betrayed. First of all, please, please, please trust your intuition. Um, the person that, like me, who betrayed my spouse, my whole job was to create smoke and mirrors, all the things that made her question whether she could trust herself or not. Please trust yourself. I know so much of that journey is, so please, coming from a person who did create the atmosphere of, can I trust myself, that please trust yourself um, and do that work to be able to regain that trust if you don't feel like it's there. Uh, the other one to the, to the people that have been betrayed, the same thing Anthony said, it's, um, it's, you know, 12-step teaches us to recognize what's going on and, it's, and to let go of trying to control it. So just step into a place where you're doing something different than you did before without humility. So anyway, Carol, thank you so much for letting us be here. Oh, you're welcome. It was a pleasure to have you. And good luck with, with this group, with these services, and uh, let us know about more programming as it develops, okay? okay. Thank you so much, Carol. You're welcome. See you later, guys. Yeah. So, you will. All right. Some great guys that are really working hard at being professional and finding opportunities to help you grow individually and relationally. 
But they're doing that through emotions. So if you're a single man and you're having trouble with recovery and you don't have a partner, that's a-okay. You can join uh, 90, choose 90, or you can choose 180. You can do them both. You don't have to be in a relationship to seek out these services. Well, that's about it. I hope you had a wonderful Labor Day. We'll see you back next week. And as always, we'll only be one of you at all times. We have the courage to be yourself. See you next week.